We welcome you if you're visiting. Most of you I've seen or met before, but if I'm missing you, we welcome you to Living Word Church. We love you. God loves you. He has a plan for you. Keep seeking his face. If you're online, we welcome you in the name of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your church. Thank you for the brethren. Thank you for everything you've done for us. You're so good. Help us to to walk in your way, Lord. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, amen. A couple of announcements. Just one thing, remember January 14th, uh, coming up in a, a week or so, on Sunday night, so it's January 14th is a Sunday, and Sunday night we'll be doing the State of the Church uh, meeting. So that starts at uh, 6.30, 6.30. So instead of 7.30, our usual time, we'll be moving that forward to 6.30 on Sunday, January 14th. So just a reminder. Um, and also on New Year's Eve, I found a black wallet in the parking lot. So if you're missing a wallet, come and see me. There's no identification in it. If you're asking, why don't you just give it back to the person? There's no ID on it. But there's other stuff in there. So if, you ha- if you're missing a wallet, come and see me. All right, like I said to you, we're starting off in Psalm chapter 143. So I have been on my heart to talk about the church, attributes of the church, aspects of what a church looks like, and I, I want to continue that uh, for the most part in my, on my heart in the next meetings or so is to talk about relationship in the church. What does that look like, a relationship in the church? But tonight I want to sort of just do a, cover a basic tonight. Um, just on my heart as I was meditating and praying and seeking about this word, it really bubbled to the surface you know, in, in my line of work uh, uh, in medicine, every 10 years we had to take a test. Every 10 years had to take a test, and it was, it's like 300 or 360 questions. I can't remember the exact. Could you imagine every 10 years sitting down to take a 300 multiple choice question test? It doesn't end. I thought school was over after I graduated. Not true. 300 questions, you sit down. When I first took my certification exam, it was 360 questions. I was like, let's go, bring it on. Sat through the whole thing, 360 questions. Didn't get up once. You have a 15-minute break, skip. You have a 15-minute break, skip. Did the whole thing. The second time I took my, you have to take it every 10 years. The second time I took it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take one of these 15-minute breaks. The last time I took it, I was like, when is the next 15-minute break coming up? (laughs) This is way too many questions. You know, as you get into something for a long time, you tend to feel, I'm experienced at this. This is new to me. This is not new to me. I know what I'm doing. Why am I going through this? Why do I have to sit down and take a 300 multiple choice question test every 10 years? This is outrageous. Every two years, we have to get recertified. Most people in medicine, in law, most of you know this, that you have to take certification credits. We call them CMEs. Continuing Medical Education, CME. You have to do this. You have to have so many credits every two years. There's category one, there's category two. You have to match them up. You have to have so many. You know, those are there to help you, to remind you, you have a test coming up. 
you're in your field of practice, but hey, in your field of practice, we have a CME. They're due every couple of years. You have to sit down and do, do a lesson. You can usually pick it. You can pick what you want to study. You can pick what you want to review, but you have to sit down and do it. Tonight, we're doing a CCE, a continuing Christian education. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. And tonight, what's on my heart is this, hearing and knowing the Lord. Hearing and knowing the Lord. You might say, well, Brother Ben, we hear and know the Lord. This is what we do. This is, yes, we do. And it's good every now and then to sit down and hear something basic and something encouraging. So that's on my heart tonight. As we're talking to the church and about the church, I want to remind us that one of the vital attributes of the church Remember who the church are. They're individuals who were saved and their life was changed that the Lord brought them together. Remember, it was the Lord who places the people in the body as he pleases. He has a perfect fit for the body. Each body has a perfect identification. Some bodies are better at certain things than other bodies. That's just the way life is and it matches the community they're in because that's the way the Lord has planned it, I believe. And we're here tonight that we're going to one of, the, one of the things I'm going to share with you tonight and remind you on is that a church, one of the vi- vitalities, the vital aspects of a church is to hear the voice of Jesus. Is to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And not only that, to know him. So that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. So in Psalm chapter 143, we see David already had this on his heart. We see David, it says this in verse 8, and hopefully the song is still ringing in your ears. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift my soul to you. All of us want to know the way which we should walk. Amen, saints? I mean, it's a constant struggle, as especially if you're a young believer growing up in Christianity. It's, it's always on your heart. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And even as we get older, Lord, what's your plan for me? And we get older, Lord, where do you want me to, what do you want me to do now? What's next? What's next to my life? Lord, give me a vision. It's on my heart, a vision for the church. I know I pray for that daily for us as a congregation. What's the vision the Lord's put on my heart for us? I'm constantly praying for that. We constantly want to hear from the Lord. How many of us want to pray and And our prayer life, get an answer from the Lord and hear from him directly. How awesome is that, amen? What a blessing that is. So hearing and knowing from the Lord, these are critical. These are critical attributes for a Christian. Do you know who the Lord is? Have you heard from him lately? What is he telling you? Where is he leading you? How about the church as a congregation? Are we on board for what the Lord is, where the Lord is leading us? Do we trust him? Do we trust the leaders of the church? Do we trust them that they are they're, they're praying on their face before the Lord, asking what the vision for the church is, where the Lord is taking us, where the Lord is leading us, where he wants us to go, the encouragement, the prodding of the Holy Spirit. These are things that should be alive in our hearts. David says here, some of your translations may say, make me to hear or make me to know. There's two causes here, two causes. Cause me to know and cause me to hear. You know what's really neat about this word, cause me to hear? It sort of has a twofold, as I looked into it, it has a twofold meaning. You know, cause me to hear means to give time to something. Give time, yield to it. In other words, 
Whatever is on your mind, whatever you're hearing at the moment, put that down and yield. Cause you to hear what's happening at the moment. Yield to what's going on. Stop for a moment. Put your ears on and listen. This is what, this is what that word, take a moment, separate things from out of your life and take a moment to hear and listen to what's happening. This is what David, one of the meanings here that David is trying to express. Wait for it. Wait for something. It gives that reference. I'm going I'm to, Lord, cause me to be able to wait for something. Specifically, hearing from you. Lord, cause me to yield my own voice, my own thoughts, my own ambitions, my own dreams, my own hopes. Cause me to yield them for a moment, to hear from you. It was on David's heart. Cause me to be patient enough to wait for those things. And the other meaning of cause means to publish or proclaim. Cause to hear, to, prob- to, uh, to publish and proclaim. Cause me to hear the proclamation. Cause me to hear. For example, let me give you the example. So if, if, if that's a little confusing to you, I thought you might say, I thought hearing was listening. How is hearing proclaiming something? How is hearing shouting something out? Well, let's, you can look at it in Isaiah chapter 52. We'll be back in Psalm here, but Isaiah chapter 52. And it says this in verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace. There it is. Who cause to hear peace. Who proclaim to peace. Who bring good tidings. Who proclaim salvation. In other words, they cause to hear salvation. Who say to Zion, your God reigns. So that word proclaim there in your Bible, in the New King James that I'm reading from, that word proclaim means cause to hear. So do you see this reference that King David saying, cause me to hear not only your voice, but also to proclaim your salvation. It's sort of a twofold. I want to hear from you, but while I'm waiting to hear from you, I'm proclaiming you. I'm celebrating you. I'm telling you, I'm telling others about who I'm waiting for. Hey, can you give me a decision? I'm waiting. Who are you waiting for? Jesus. I'm waiting for him to give me direction. I'm waiting for him to show me. It's a neat little word there. Cause me to hear your loving kindness. Lord, I want to hear about your loving kindness. Cause me to hear your loving kindness. Let me tell you how great the Lord is. Let me tell someone about how great the Lord is. That's hearing the loving kindness from your own mouth, proclaiming the loving kindness of Jesus Christ. You know, we know David wanted to answer quickly. If you go back to Psalm chapter 143, it says this in verse 7 Answer me speedily, O Lord. How many of us like to pray and just answer during that prayer session? That's great. Lord, answer me right now. Answer me quickly. Lord, answer me speedily. Don't, don't wait this way. I don't want to wait on this. Answer me quickly. But he found out something. He found out something that sometimes waiting, sometimes waiting to hear does something to us. It gives us some patience with the Lord. 
We want to hear from God first thing. It's true. And you know what, saints, no matter what time, here it says in the morning, no, what, no matter what time we pray, aren't we looking for reassurance soon from the Lord? If you're praying at night, if you're praying during the day, if you're meditating on him at any moment, you may say at any moment in your life, Lord, I need help right now. I need help right now, Lord. Can you send me help? Can you send me help quick? I can remember one of the, I think I shared this before, but if you're new or haven't heard it in a while, one of the fastest answers to prayer in, that I called out to the Lord, and I, I don't even know if it was a prayer, it was more just a call out to the Lord. I was with my wife. I think we, weren't, we, we, we were engaged. We weren't even married yet. And we we're going down 6, 690, where 690 crosses into 695. So 690 West. We're heading down 690 West, right near the fairgrounds there where 695 goes up and over the top of it, if you're familiar. And the car's tire went flat. And it was the dead of winter. It was a bad snowstorm. Dead of winter, the car starts wobbling. I pull off there. If you know that area, there's a big, wide median there. You can right to the middle. So 695 goes this way, 690 straight ahead. I'm right in that area where the stripes are. Sitting there, I'm like... All right, I put my hat on, I put my gloves on, I get the stuff out of the trunk. I get all the lug nuts off. Cars are whizzing by, and it's slippery out. I'm afraid I'm going to get destroyed by a car sliding. There's one darn lug nut that I can't get off. I am, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but I am using all the muscle God gave me. I am, I'm jumping on it. My hands are starting to, I took my gloves off and wore grip. My hands are cold. I can remember you know, my, my girlfriend's in the car. I can't, I can't not do this. <laughs> I'll be right there, Dre. No worries. It's, everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I can't do it. And I can remember out of, the, out of the just fullness of my heart, just being like, Lord, I just need help. I don't think the word help got out of my mouth. And this car came, it was a pickup truck came barreling behind us. I don't know how it stopped so quick. It stopped three feet from the back bumper. Out gets these two guys. I'm not kidding you. I think, I think the Lord sent some angels, but I'm not kidding you. They were mumbling and jumbling. I didn't understand a word. In fact, I was so nervous, I actually took the crowbar up and I had it in my hand like this. Because <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. They were big, burly men walking over. And I didn't understand what they were saying. They didn't say a word to me. The guy reached, grabbed the crowbar out of my hand, Went down to the car, got back. They both got back in the truck and walked away. And I was like, did that work? And there it is, the lug nuts off. That was a speedy answer to prayer. That was the fastest answer to prayer I ever had from the Lord. So we loved that when that happened. I got back in the car. Who are those guys? I don't know. Got the lug nut off though. I told her later what happened. I couldn't do it. But you know what? This is a speedy answer. We all want speedy answers from the Lord, saints, don't we? Especially if you're gone and you're looking for the Lord's will for your life in college. If you're writing in relationships and thinking, what's the next step for my relationship? We want to pray to the Lord and get an answer. Speedily, quickly. David was no different. Men have been the same for thousands of years, saints. But the specific relief we might find may take longer. Isn't that true? What we want from the Lord may take longer than what we actually think. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a career. 
a job, having children, whatever it is, it may seem to take longer than, what we're, than even what we anticipated it would take. It wears on us. It can take time. But the reminder is this, that God's steadfast love enables us to endure. This is why King David says, cause me to hear your loving kindness. Because, because while I'm not answering, getting the answer I want to prayer, maybe, maybe we can say this in the, in the congregation of a church, maybe we don't see the direction where the church is going, or we're, we're, not, we're confused maybe where the direction of the church is going. We're, we're, we're a little bit, hey, what's, what's going on next in our church? And, and Pastor Brian mentioned recently there's new leadership. Not only him, but there's me. I'm, I'm grand, brand spanking new. I'm learning as you learn. And that may seem daunting to you. It may seem scary to you. It may seem, oh, well, what's this? What's going on? What, what, why can't we just be, stay, stay? Why don't we just stay? But I want to tell you something. When we endure through those periods of confusion, maybe un- unsureness, question marks, maybe like I said, something personal in your life, I would have expected to have an answer by now, and I haven't had an answer. You know what? What we have to do is learn to trust. Who do we trust? We trust God. Doesn't King David say here, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. Why? For in you do I trust. It's elementary, I know, saints, but we cannot forget as we move on in life, as we move on in our church, to forget this. God is the reason we are here. We have to trust in God. Don't let, your, don't let trust go unnoticed. Don't let trust become something like the, on our money and God we trust. Who looks at that anymore? No one looks at it. We, here's $5, here's $10, here's, here's this, here's that. And God we trust. Oh, is that what it still says? It's become something secondary. It's become something not important. As a Christian, we got a reminder, in God we trust. If you're waiting for salvation, if you're not sure of what salvation means, I want to re- remind you, start trusting in God. Think about all the good things he's done for you or others. Think about, think about what he's done for this church in the past. Think about what he'll do in the church for the future. This is what God does. He endures time. He pushes through time. He goes past the limits of time. He's waiting for us on the other end. We're going to be together celebrating with him for eternity. But we have this one moment to prove our love for him, to prove our passion for him, to prove our love for the church and our passion for the church. And it comes down to this. Are you hearing, yielding, proclaiming Jesus Christ? As you wait for answered prayer, as you wait for the direction of what's next, as you try to understand a murky situation, are you still hearing his loving kindness? Are you still talking to each other about the great testimony the Lord has given you? This is vital to the Christian. King David had to learn to do this. Cause me to hear. Cause me to know. What does that know mean? That know means to perceive, to see, to find out, to discern a situation, to distinguish something to recognize, to be acquainted with, to know by experience. Cause me to know by experience what way I should walk. The testimony of the church is sure, saints. 
the testimony of a righteous brother and sister is sure. It is not wavering. The testimony of your salvation is a stronghold in your life. It's a stronghold in your witness. The testimony of who you are is the foundation of the Lord's beginning to change you. That, one, that moment that he came into your life and changed you. That testimony is strong. That testimony is faith-giving. That testimony is sure. It's not going to go away. This is who the Lord is. Cause you to know the way we're in you should walk. Walk. What is your testimony? I don't know the way where I should walk. What's your testimony? Was it a life changed? That's the way you walk in. Is it going back to what you were doing? That's not the way to walk in. Is it doing less for Jesus Christ? You were doing less for Jesus Christ before you were saved. That's not the way to walk in. You know, I heard testimonies of people's lives when they got saved. The world became new to them. Like I literally heard a brother share to me one time, the grass was greener after he got saved. The grass is greener. The grass was greener to him. The bird sounded louder. Life, se- life seemed lighter. Things seemed positive. What was once negative, what was once a struggle, walking out of that salvation experience, things seemed, I can do this. This can be done. This can be overcome. Why can this all of a sudden happen? How can you all of a sudden know the way wherein you should walk? How do you all of a sudden, before salvation, you were like, I don't know what this Jesus thing's about. I'm not sure what I should do in my life. What's going on in my life that has no purpose? You meet Jesus and you're like, I have all sorts of purpose now. In fact, I don't know where to begin. In fact, you probably became a nag to your fellow family because you started telling them about Jesus. You had purpose. You had communication. This is the thing that the Lord will do to you as you continue to walk in his way. As you continue to walk where he wants you to walk, you will find purpose. You will find things that seem to be impossible will become possible. Things that were hard to overcome and understand, take, for example, grabbing hold of what the Lord wants you to do and being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure how to tackle that. I'm not sure how to take that. I'm not sure what to do with with the Holy Spirit and what I'm supposed to do with the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna tell you this, just keep walking in the way you're supposed to walk. Asking, seeking, knocking. We just heard last week, the Lord doesn't wanna hold back things that you ask from him. In fact, he says the opposite. I will give whatever you ask of me. That's walking in the way that you should walk in. This was an important thing that Jesus Christ taught his followers. We can go to Matthew chapter 17. If you're wondering, how does this relate to the New Testament? King David caused me to know, caused me to hear. We know this account by heart. I won't say too much of it, but in Matthew chapter 17, as soon as I say it, you'll know the reference. But this is the transfiguration, right? And it says this, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. 
And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Matthew doesn't say this, but the other accounts, Luke will say this, that they were sleeping just before he woke up and said this. They were sound asleep. They woke up, and first thing Peter says is this. Let's let's make an altar for you, a tabernacle. But look at verse 5. While he was still speaking... Just like me, while I was still saying my prayer, a car pulled up. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Interesting, a bright cloud, isn't it? And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, what? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What's the end? Hear him. Hey, Peter, time out for a second. It's Jesus. Hear him. Hear him. What is the son saying? In these latter days, right, he has spoken to us through his son. Hebrews. He has, what is the son saying? And so Peter needed to be reminded, Peter, stop talking for a moment. Here's what's important. What does Jesus want you to do? You know, and, and, and thinking, what is God's expectation for us saints. What is God's expectation for you? What does God want from you? Something to think about. How about in John chapter 3? We can turn there quick. We know this account by heart also. And I'll bring these two together, but I want to show you the importance on Jesus. There's many other examples, but these were sort of came to mind quickly. And it's this. Do you re, it's, the, it's the conversation Jesus had with Nicodemus. You know, Jesus was witnessing to Nicodemus. Isn't that pretty cool? Jesus was, <laughs> talk about being a witness. Jesus, for Christ, about Christ, Jesus was being a witness about himself to Nicodemus. I think that's really cool. He taught us how to witness. And, and isn't it interesting that Nicodemus comes back to Jesus in the cover of the night? How many of you have had a witness? This happened a lot in college, it seems like, and even in the workplace. You have a witness with somebody, and it's sort of like seems to go nowhere. And then an hour later, someone catches you in the hallway. Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? By themselves. You're like, sure. You know, by themselves, they come back and talk to you. You know, Nicodemus did that. In the cover of the night, he was burning conviction about Jesus' words and comes back in the night, and Jesus met with him. What a blessing. You know, man hasn't changed again for thousands of years. Isn't it funny? They're still sensitive about... Man, for some reason, has a sensitivity about what people think of them if they love Christ. It's man's struggle forever. What are you going to think of me if I shout too loud and praise his name? And we think of that about, I can remember being in high school, thinking nervous about my, my best friends next to me. I knew they loved the Lord. I knew I loved the Lord. What if I raised my hands? I wonder what the, I don't want to be too, I don't want to be too like spiritual here. What? 
how silly we can be when we look back in our lives. You're right. But men hasn't changed. I'm sure that's the way it still is in high school. And if it is, I want to encourage you. Raise your hands. You might find your brother and sisters around you will start to begin to worship the Lord. And what a blessing that would be. But Jesus proceeds, proceeds to tell Nicodemus about being born again. Amen? And we know this, right? But in verse 9, look what, he, look what he says. He says to Nicodemus, he says, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? He doesn't understand the struggle of faith is there. Pastor Brian shared recently about faith and pragmatism. Nicodemus wasn't quite getting the pragmatic. How can you be born? What, what? Born twice? I don't understand it. He was looking at it too simplistically. Jesus says this in verse 10, you are a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and we testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. You see, there's the issue with, there's the issue right there that you know, believers, church, we know the way we're in we should walk. We know it. We know if, hey, we haven't been coming to church as regularly as we should. We know we haven't been. We know the reasons why. We give excuses maybe, but deep down inside, we know Jesus called out Nicodemus. We speak what we know and we testify what we have seen. And the result is, you do not receive our witness. So what happens is our knowledge about Jesus Christ, sometimes we, we don't receive in our, own heart, in our own lives, in our own hearts, in our own convictions. The testimony of others in our church that have been healed. The testimony of others that have answered prayer. The testimony of others that have prayed for something for a very long time and the Lord met them and healed them and touched them gave them a relationship, gave them children, gave them whatever they asked for, but it took time. But maybe over time we begin to think, we know the way, we know what we should be doing, but we're not receiving from the church the blessings of the testimonies of the church. And you know what that does, saints? It limits our faith. It starts to wear down our faith. And what what, what do we do next when our faith is wear down? We begin to look at ourselves. Well, I have the answer. I'll figure out the answer. I think I know what to do best. And before you know it, our faith is wavering. We're not getting the answers we want. Our knowledge, we're not listening to what Christ has taught us. We're not hearing from him. And before you know it, we're in a little tumble. We're a little falter. And this is the danger that any individual can come into. This is the danger that any church can come into. And let I share with you, this is not a message of currency. It's a, it's a continuing church education. Remember what it is to cause to know to walk in the Lord. We're going to be going forward in Jesus Christ. We have to. We can't stay where we're at as a church. We can't stay where we're at as individuals. It's nothing to do with our past. It's everything to do with about being a Christian. It has nothing to do with living word church. Living word church out of your mind has everything to do with what's a godly church supposed to do? What's a godly person supposed to do? Sit and stay? No. Get up and move. Get up and go out. Get up and tell people. See, when we start to think, cause me to know your way, this is what the Bible's all about. The telling people about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We know that. Lord, Cause us to know your way. Cause us to know your way. Cause us to hear your voice. 
Saints, we can't stop hearing from the Lord. I want to encourage the church tonight, and that's my message, very simple. I want to encourage you tonight to don't stop hearing from the Lord. What is the Lord saying to you? Mom and dads, what is the Lord saying for your family? Mom and dads, what is the Lord saying to you as a couple? Friends, how are you being? What is the Lord saying to you and how to treat your other friends? Where is the path that the Lord is leading you on? Take time to find out. It may not happen like this. It may not happen like my tire was changed. But you know what? In enduring those times of faith, your faith will be increased. Remember, faith comes by hearing. 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 Faith increases. And when your faith increases, guess what you begin to do? You begin to know more about God. Why? Because the Spirit starts to work in you. When your faith increases, what happens? The Holy Spirit can use you. All of a sudden, you're laying hands on the sick and they're being made whole. All of a sudden, you're witnessing someone and you never thought you could say the words you're saying in power and authority and there you are saying it. All simply because of this, you heard, you had faith, you begin to know about Jesus Christ and you go off and you do the thing that you, he causes you to know the way wherein you should walk. And saints, as we move on to the 2024 and Lord willing, beyond our Maranatha Lord, I just wanted to take this time tonight to remind you of this. Continue to hear from the Lord in your life and continue to walk in his way, and you'll see your faith increased, and the Lord will begin to give you clarity on your situation, and when he answers your prayers that you've been waiting for, you will do nothing but rejoice and shout it from the rooftops, and it will be a testimony for those who follow after you to say, hey, remember that sister? She prayed a long time, and the Lord finally answered her prayer. I'm going to do the same thing, and that's my message. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your church. Thank you for leading us and guiding us, Lord. Help us to continue to hear your voice and to continue to walk in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed night. Happy New Year.